0: Hello everyone and welcome to Kingdom Family Talk by Leif Hetland and I have the joy to take some time of just putting together some uh, what I call some of my classic messages. I'm taking back to messages that has been part of my life, some of them for over 20 years, but is becoming fresh in this season. Words that I do believe can help and add value and perhaps even bring transformation. Something that just have a, it's kind of a fresh bread and you can smell there's an aroma of fresh bread. And I feel that this word is about to be able to create an aroma in your nostril so that you can take then you can see how good God is. And uh, I wanted to start by just giving a little bit of the background. We know the last word in the Old Testament is the word curse. The word curse. But actually the verses before he says, before the judgment day of the Lord, I'm going to send you the spirit of Elijah. I'm going to turn the father's hearts towards the children. Children's hearts towards the father. Unless I smite the earth with a curse. So to put that actually in a very good context, he says, before I'm going to come back, I'm going to send you a spirit of Elijah and I'm going to turn the father or mother's hearts towards their children and children's hearts towards their father or mother, unless I smite the earth with a curse. He's saying there's going to be actually a move where he is turning the generation back together. He's actually restoring the family. And when the family is being restored together, that's what's going to stop the curse that is in the land. And I've been very fascinated by Elijah for a long time. Uh, And I think the most famous classic verses about Elijah is this incredible, incredible prophet in First Kings 18, who had both predicted the drought to King Ahab and supernatural receives food from a widow and birds, announcing the end of the drought. Then he challenges. 450 prophets of Baal mobilizes people to eliminate idols. He prays down torrential rain in Judah. He outruns the storm of Ahab's chariots. He confront—he is confronted by Jezebel. But you can see this guy that is, he's definitely have a breaker anointing, breakthrough. He is highly prophetic. Uh, we see later on that John the Baptist came also in the same spirit of Elijah. It's also a forerunner anointing. Signs, wonders, miracles can confront The kingdom of darkness shift the very environment and the atmosphere. But out of this thing, it was not any longer just to have a superstar, a superhero. What God wanted was actually that the very anointing that Elijah had, that it was going to be a generational anointing. And that's also where his protégé, his eventually spiritual son, Elijah, came out of First Kings 19 there is a shift and we're going to look at that some other time but this just sets up the stage where it pretty much just because of the schedule emotionally speaking Elijah ended up pretty much burned out and you can see the opposite thing with him through his burnout season mainly because he didn't love himself well and so he ended up with both isolation and paranoia, exhaustion, self-pity, and eventually almost suicidal. So how can you take this incredible revivalist? How can you take this person that in one moment is able to confront the kingdom of darkness and now just one lady named Jezebel, she gets him to run for his life? And then in the middle of, I call it the molting season, in the middle of that dark night of the soul, in the middle of his kind of a cave experience, in the middle of his winter season, we know that he rested and he ate some angel food. He came out and then he had a clear Simon, And that sets us up a little bit for what I wanted to talk about today. Then the Lord said to him, and this is First Kings chapter 19, verse 15. Then the Lord said to him, go and return your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazael as king over Syria. And you shall anoint Jehu. Just say that when we say Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as the king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abel, Meholah. And you shall anoint prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazael, Jehu will kill, and whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elijah will kill. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, and all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. So pretty much what we see here now, this is after he himself are going through a renewal himself, and then he actually received that, that fathering anointing. There's going to be three people out there, and one of them was that Hasel, the other one was Jehu, and uh, you can say, in Norwegian, we say Jehu, but Jehu, and then it was Elijah. So this anointing now that had been purified by the father, and many fathers are going through a purification of the anointing because that anointing is supposed to be given to the next generation. What is the ceiling of the fathers and mothers is supposed to be the floor to the sons and daughters. And just remember the story that uh, there was this one, one little woman named Jezebel, this woman had a power and she actually coming in actually with his manipulated way and is producing fear. And then in the next moment, Elijah, this powerful prophet just went down a spiral. But now he has received a new assignment. So I'm just setting that up as a kind of a little setup and background. Then if you can open up your Bible to Second Kings chapter 9. And today we are talking actually about a topic called a turnaround anointing turnaround anointing. Maybe you need a turnaround anointing. I think that I've experienced probably several things already this morning where this anointing is going to be very applicable. Maybe I'm just sharing something for myself and what I'm speaking to myself is going to be released to you and hopefully that is going to do something in you and to you and through you that is going to bring such an environment change, such a shift. That this turnaround anointing that you're going to get hold of it, then it's going to spread into your home and into your family, into your community, and we're going to see literally heaven invade earth. Second Kings chapter nine, and Elijah, not the Elijah the father. This is Elijah the prophet, called one of the sons of the prophet. So here we see Elijah the prophet. He called one of the sons of the prophets, and he said to him. Get yourself ready. Take this flask of oil in your hand and go to Ramath in Gilead. Now, when you arrive at that place, look there for Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, and go and make him rise up from among his associate. Take him into this inner room. Then take a flask of oil, pour it on his head. And say, Thus says the Lord, I have anointed you king over all Israel. Then open a door and flee, and do not delay. So the young man, the servant of the prophet, went to Ramat Gilead. And when he arrived there, there were the captains of the army sitting around. And he said, I have a message for you, commander. Jehu said, uh, for, for which one of us? And he said, For you, commander. Then he arose And went into the house, and he poured the oil on his head and said to him, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I have anointed you king over the people of the Lord over Israel. You shall strike down the house of Ahab, my master, that I may avenge the blood of my servant, the prophet, and the blood of the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish, and I will cut off from Ahab all males in Israel, both born and free. So I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Basha, the son of Ahah, and the dogs shall eat Jezebel on the plot of the ground of Jezreel, and there shall be none to bury here. And he opened up the door and he fled. And just follow me for a few more moments, and then we're going to put this together. Then Jehu, he came out to the servants of his master and said to one of them, and they said, is all well? Why did this madman come to you? And he said to them, oh, you know, the man is Babel. And they said, "A lie! tell us now. So he said, Thus and thus he spoke to me, saying, Thus says the Lord, I have anointed your king over all Israel. Then each man hastened to take his garment, put it on him on the top of his steps, and they blew trumpets, saying, Jehu is king, Jehu is king, Jehu is king. So Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, conspired against John. And then we can just continue to see these scripture verses Now, eventually, I just like this picture. Now, a watchman, verse 17, a watchman stood on the tower of Jezreel, and he saw the company of Jehu came, and he said, I see a company of men. And Joram said, get the horseman and send them to me. And let him say, is it peace? So the horseman went to meet him and said, thus says the king, is it peace? And Jehu said, what have you to do with peace? Turn around and follow me. So the watchman reports saying, the messenger went to them, but it is not coming back. Then he sent out a second horseman, came and said, thus says the king, is it peace? Then Jehu said, what have you to do with peace? Turn around and follow me. So the watchman reported saying, and he went to them, and is not coming back. And the driving is like the driving of Jehu, the son of Nimshi, for he drives furiously. Then Joram says, make ready, for his chariot has come. Then Joram, king of Israel, and Ahaz, the king of Judah, went out, each in his shirt. And they went out to meet Jehu and to meet meet him on the property of Jezreel. And now it happened when Joram saw Jehu that he said, Is it peace, Jehu? So he answered, What is peace? As long as the harlots of your mother Jezebel and her witchcraft are so many. Then Joram turned around and fled and said to Ahasai, Treasury, Ahaziah. Nahoram between his arms and the arrow came. Then Jehu said to Bidkar, his captain, pick him up and throw him into the tracks of the field. Naboth to Jezrat, for remember when you and I were riding together behind Ahab's father, then the Lord laid his burden on him. Surely I saw yesterday the blood of Naboth and the blood of his sons, says the Lord, and I will repay, says the Lord. Now, therefore, take and throw him on the plot of the ground, according to the word of the Lord. And this just continue until eventually we are seeing Jezebel is actually, by a couple of the eunuchs, also getting in contact with his turnaround anointing, and they shift side. So let us go back and kind of just capture. I know there's a lot of strange names in here, and forgive me for not being able to pronounce even one third of them. Uh, it must be uh, this... Beautiful Norwegian mind of mine that can only pronounce those names in Norwegian. So if you want to hear them in Norwegian. uh, But uh, anyway, this story here, I think that part of the reason it has done something with me. And uh, this turnaround anointing. I mean, here we see the picture. I kind of wanted to give you a little bit of the background. Jehu is the commander of the army. And you have kind of these generals. They are sitting around in this room. Elijah, who has got this oil from a father, uh, he is certainly now just finding one of the prophets. And you're going to start to see this more and more. It's not going to be a prophet just that is doing certain things. But what is happening is the prophets is going to have this fatherly realm that they are just giving it to the next generation. And they, he himself didn't even go and do it. He just found a servant of one of the prophets and said, hey, I want you to take this oil. Here's your instruction. I want you just to go to this meeting, all of these generals, top leaders, governmental leaders, they're sitting around in this room and they're sitting and talking. What is the conversation in that room? If, if you had a chance to visit, they are all kind of a little, they're stuck because both the king Ahab and and, and, and as I say, Jezebel had this power, this manipulation, this kind of a witchcraft type of thing. And they knew what has even happened to their father. They knew what, the, what had happened to Elijah. So she kept an incredible intimidation going here. So the king had kind of the power and she had also some of the manipulation and the witchcraft power. And they were in alignment together. And it was this meeting of how are we going to be able to face this incredible giant that is in the land. And then now Elijah as I'm saying, have given his oil to this servant and the servant is heading to the room and you can kind of see the scene. He comes in there and say, hey, excuse me, but oh, there's Jehu. Uh, I, I have something for you. And then you can see here, is, is this for me? Yeah, you, you come here. And this servant who is kind of maybe a strange guy, and some of the vessels that God is even using in this season, they're maybe not follow the right protocol. Uh, you can kind of imagine if this was a leadership meeting in your company, and and suddenly you have this guy that is kind of a little strange, a little out there, and probably that's why he was entrusted with this assignment. We are not talking about a little bit Israel anointing oil. You are talking about four quarts of oil. I mean, you're talking about it's like you're going to change oil on a car here. This guy is coming this huge jar of oil. And this general commander, Jehu, is well-known and recognized. He's sitting there. They're trying to come up with strategy. And they're trying to figure out, how do we solve this? And this guy just comes in. I have a word for you. And he starts to share the word. But then he does something. He takes these about four or five quarts of oil, pours it over. And here you can see this guy. Not a little oil on the forehead. But here... This greasy oil just covers his body. is running down and he's looking like he is crazy. And he walks into this room and it's just kind of probably a little intoxicated. A little bit of what you saw on Pentecost that they had also been around this fresh oil. So he's walking into the room and it's like, what has happened to you? And that's even more fun. It's kind of nothing. I mean, what are you talking about? Here he's just dripped of oil. I don't know if you've been there, but I have been there on several occasions. I remember so clearly when Toronto first happened and I had been sneaking around, went over to England in 94. It was May of 94, and me and my head elder, Pear Terrier, who, who is still one that we used to always sneak, got to find places where there was fresh oil. And so when we came to this meeting, we, we were thinking, okay, people are not going to know about it. But the leader called us up front, prayed for us. We ended up on the floor right in the front of the communion table So when everyone in this Baptist church had to take communion, they had to walk around our two bodies. We were laying there and we got so intoxicated in the spirit. We were just, but what I didn't realize when you're trying then to keep serious when you get home, you didn't realize that the more serious you were trying to be, the worse it got. Because to some degree, people are like, where have you been? Have you been hanging around because there's something that is taking place in your life? Well, We don't know what it is. And then this presence just started to show up. And I, I think it's one of my favorite. We have a little choir, a choir in my Baptist church. And we had this professor who had come. He's actually a Russian professor in theology who was teaching in America. And he was coming over and it was one that didn't believe in the supernatural, the gifts of the spirit. He was very conservative cessationist, and the choir is up there singing, and I can feel still this oil. And I'm trying to just kind of behave here, because I do. I knew in, in the front of this kind of a leaders, I, I better uh, follow some protocol. But then this oil started to leak, and people started to get intoxicated. My choir, several of them just started to fall over while they are singing, and he was trying to look at me. He said, I didn't do anything. I, I didn't push him. And I, on the inside, started to laugh, and I was trying to keep it on the inside, but this holy laughter came over me, and it started to spread around in the church, and he, he, he couldn't understand what was going on. Later on that Thursday, I went to a bike or a club or some of the, uh, yeah, motorcycle They call them one percenters from some of the more radical motorcycle groups. And this is supposed to be a very dark setting. And again, this oil (laughs) was just starting to leak into the room. And it was kind of a fun because in one moment it hit me first. And I couldn't stand. So I grabbed myself around a pole. And I'm the Baptist pastor, the preacher that was just going to do a little devotional as one of the guys that had become a believer and wanted me just to share a story with them. But now I can't talk. I'm like, and one guy shouted, the preacher is drunk. And I'm like, I tried to behave. And the more I tried to behave, the more I couldn't talk. My face was numb. I'm holding around a pole because to be able to stand. And my legs was just so wobbling. And I'm about to hit the floor. And then the presence just came in on a half side of the room. And David was just, that half side of the room was just wasted by the presence of God. But they didn't know what was taking place. While the other half is kind of looking at the other half until eventually this thing just went all over the room. And the whole place was just changed by this oil, by this presence. And it's almost like God just said, Leif, let me just get you out of the way here. and Let me pour some fresh oil on you. And whoa. And then that oil, the aroma of that oil just started to spread into the room. And I can't remember exactly how many people got saved and how many got healed. But it was something I still today remember so clearly, 25 years ago, how that atmosphere just changed, just getting around that oil. The same thing happened when I went to Pensacola. And just remember so clearly that even when you came to the parking lot, I could recognize, wow, there is that oil again. There is that turnaround anointing again. And I even started as we stood in that line in Pensacola. I had one person by the side of me he just ran to the car to get rid of some of the pornography he had in the car. He's already so convicted, and we have not even got in inside the church yet. And by the time we got inside there, it was just thick of the aroma. But what we didn't realize, that same oil, similar to was happening in this story, when you're getting around. We're not talking at a few drops. But when you suddenly have about four quarts of this oil poured over you, you cannot walk into that room and be the same. And that's what you saw with Jay. He was not the same person. And everybody's like, the worst thing was the more he was trying to explain what was going on, the rest of the people's like, you've been around a madman here. Or what did this guy do to you and everything else? And he's like... But then the atmosphere and room change. And they say, Jay, who is king? So the very one with the oil now, everyone comes into an alignment in his room and there's this turnaround anointing they're recognizing who he is that's how heaven sees you and suddenly the whole room comes into an alignment and now the very discussions and and all of the things that they strategize that time is over you just have to lay it aside and you decide you just have to follow this anointing and they are coming into an alignment for the assignment for this moment and this first turnaround happens in this room as there's been a turnaround anointing poured over jehu and that came from elijah that has been poured to his servant and that oil again came from elijah which was was now a double portion that was just flowing and flowing and we are seeing this is taking place in this season so I was just up with John Arnott and he talked about two weeks ago we were up at Canada together and he says there is coming a new anointing he said and this was going to be 10 times stronger than what we had in Toronto and I just was thinking about John I, I don't know if I can handle that because whoa in Toronto when stuff happened in Toronto that turnaround anointed they took a Baptist pastor when a Dr. Randy Clark prayed for me, June 6, 1995, it totally changed my life, transformed my life, but it was so, so transformative that I cannot even imagine an anointing, a move of God's spirit that is 10 times greater than what we saw in Toronto and Pensacola, and it is coming. And I'm starting to smell, and I don't know if it is with you, but you can suddenly recognize there's something in the air, and I remember when that happened the first time, but I also can recognize it again. So just recognize the Rome of that anointing, but this is a double portion anointing. This is not just what the fathers did in 1 Kings 18, but this is one that has gone through a purification and that is now placed to the next generation. And it is a generational move and it is the ordinary people. That's why I was a servant, just an ordinary person and nobody knew. It was a nameless, faceless and of course, that person has a name and a face, but it was no no superstar, but it was a superhero, just an ordinary son that was obedient just to take the oil that he received and then follow the instruction. So you never know what is on the other side of obedience. I can imagine this person when he goes to heaven and recognizing, hey, all I did was I was asked just to take this oil and pour it over somebody in his general meeting with all his top leaders and... That was my assignment in life. Uh, I would love to be able to meet that guy in heaven and probably didn't even know the result and what was taking place. He just took those four courts and he did it. Maybe a strange guy. And I've been around a few of those strange guys and they. Be A few times I've been one of those strange guys that just shows up and do something strange because God told me to. And still, sometimes we do not know the fruits and result. So I'm not saying that go out there to be strange. But what I'm saying is go out there and be obedient. And when God has given you something, just go for it. Even if you do not always know what is going to be the result, what is going to be the outcast. So here we are. Boom. The atmosphere is changed in this room. <laughs> and uh, whoa, And that is going to also happen in your room. As you're getting around this turn-around anointing, and I suddenly realise now, suddenly now courage has come back, confidence has come back. Something has changed, and that's what happened with this turn-around anointing. Something changed in their atmosphere. And they say, "Hey, it's time to do something about that King Ahab, that evil king, and there's all this darkness out there and everything else. Let's go!" And here you can see the picture. Getting up on the horse, I can see Jay who's trying to kind of a <laughs> very slippery because I have never tried to ride a horse with oil. I've only tried to sit on a horse once or twice and I'm glad I didn't have four quarts of oil all over me. So here he is kind of a half drunk in this spirit and sitting up on that horse sliding and everything else. And with full speed, it's like here you're going to follow this guy that is declared to be king. And by the way, everyone that are listening here also, you are royalty too. And that's what that anointing does. The anointing separates you from yourself. The anointing separates you from yourself. And suddenly you are able to do things that only God can do. And that's what the anointing does. And it brings such a shift, such an environment change. So here they are heading and they are moving in towards town. And then the first thing, when they're hearing and the king starts to say, okay, let's send out some troops and let's go out there to find out what do they want? Because the king is so much superior. So they're coming, oh, you come in peace. And again... He doesn't have to say a whole lot, but well, what do you know about peace? He just ask a question back again, and then just, just follow me. And then in the next moment, and that can be drug addicts that just, whoo, in the next moment, they're getting around this turnaround anointing, and they just shift sides. It can be as soon as they're getting in contact with this anointing, they shift sides, and they get on God's side. I believe it is like Saul the Tarsus meets Jesus and becomes the apostle Paul. It's those quick turnaround anointings, things that you could have waited for in a long time, or... You can go through the process. You go through the four steps. You can do all those different things. But when that anointing is there, there's that quick shift. And you just saw oh, they turned around. So now instead of coming against God's people, God's army, God's leaders, they suddenly change side and suddenly they start to ride. So now instead of being just a few people, it becomes more and more. So the king is like, what happened to the guys that I send out? Oh, they're being converted. They've been transformed. They've been changed. What's going on? Oh, I don't know, but it's this guy full of oil holding on to the horse. And when you're getting in contact with that people are just changing side. We can't explain. Well, let's send out another group because I want to know before I go to war here. I want to know what's going on. And he sends out another group of people. And again, it comes back. These people just turn I mean, they get turned around. They're getting close to this anointing, and they see this guy and see this group of people and probably also hear the testimony of some of the other ones that, hey, guys, we also tried to stop and figure out what was going on, but I tell you something, this oil, this anointing has changed us. Hey, guys, come on. And there's a turnaround for them. And this happened a third time. And eventually, as they're heading closer and closer to the city, you can just see more and more of the family is just growing. A family of sons and daughters that's been around this oil that is bringing a turnaround and a shift and a transformation. And we know eventually it goes so far that it goes into this. There's a couple of eunuchs there. And then in the middle of that, you're finding that Jezebel herself and Ahab Now what is eunuchs that was trained there, they're getting around that turnaround anointing. They throw her down and she's eaten up by dogs. So the very enemy, there's a devil who comes to kill, steal and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. Even if you're going into the very roots of the things that has come against you, I do believe that there is an oil because the anointing breaks the yoke. And there is an anointing. There is an oil that is available, and it is available for you, and many of you have been looking and say, well, I need some transformation. I'm asking you in this season just to coming in and just, whoa, allowing that servant, and the Holy Spirit is here, to pour fresh oil upon your life. Soak in that oil, So it will become marinated in that oil. You maybe do not look the same as you looked before. uh, But this is not having to do with how you're going to look. It is going to be actually how the world around you are going to look when they're getting in contact with that oil. So I'm just going to bless you right now. Father, I just thank you so much for (laughs) that spirit of Elijah. And as a fathering spirit... This is kingdom family talk. I thank you, Father, that there's an oil in this season that is a generational oil that is flowing. And I thank you, just ordinary people out there is going to, well, receive it. And I'm even asking, wherever you are sitting, if you're in the car, perhaps it's going to be good for you <laughs> to maybe just drive over to the side and just let him pour fresh oil. Turn around anointed. And in any circumstances in your life, anyone that comes in contact, in your business, in your health, turn around, turn around, turn around. So bless, wow, even at this moment, that oil, oil, oil. Do it again. Do it again. at the very Jezebel's that has been around I thank you Father That wow There's going to be A turnaround And a shift Nothing is going to be able To stop This anointing And I bless you Wow So at this very moment Even as I saw A business guy That just described Yesterday in Houston Texas, He said wow well, I got around that turnaround anointing when I was on the phone with you. And just how this business has just shifted around. Talk to somebody else, the health was just, wow, there was a turnaround. Talk to a pastor, there's just been this turnaround. And I thank you, Father. Even in in my own life right now, I think that there's been this incredible turnaround. Even as we just looked at the finances just two weeks ago, and it was like, wow, we need a miracle here. It just seems like. And then the turnaround came. Quickly, that turnaround anointing and from us struggling to be able to see how is this going to happen, that oil was poured around and the shift happened in the environment and the atmosphere and the manifestation of that is now visible. And it is being manifested right in the front of us. Do it again. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. This is just one out of the series of messages that I do believe has transformed my life and it is going to transform your life. I encourage you to share with somebody else and let's just spread this turnaround anointing in this season, in Jesus' name, amen.